Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. This month, it's all about unconventional love stories. I'm dropping a poll this Friday so that you guys get to choose what the final unusual love story for the month will be. So keep a lookout for that. We're kicking things off this week with the 2014 movie, Her, about a man and his love for his computer. It won an Oscar for original screenplay, so it's going to be a good watch. This is an R-rated movie. Don't watch around the kitties. You've been warned. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. Theodore, played by the great Joaquin Phoenix, works at a company where he writes letters to loved ones from loved ones. So basically, your uncle wants to send a heartfelt note to your aunt, or maybe you want to write a letter to your granddaughter, congratulating her on a feat or engagement or something from the heart. You hire this company, and they do it for you. I guess it's not really that different from a Hallmark card, but I don't know. It feels a bit iffy. You know what I mean? Theodore arrives to an empty house and starts playing video games. But he's not using like your normal game controllers. It's just his hands. It looks pretty cool. It's kind of like the Wii, except no damaged televisions. You guys remember the Wii? Like you could play tennis and basketball. Is that game system still around? I kind of miss it. It was fun. Theodore lays in his bed, reminiscing about his relationship with his wife, Catherine. They are currently going through a divorce and he's not taking it well. It's nighttime, Theodore's in bed, he can't sleep, he's lonely, he's bored, so he puts his little earpiece in his ear and he starts perusing chat rooms. But it's all done through the ear, so there's no screens that he's looking at. He asks his AI DM somebody and they start a phone sex chat conversation. It's getting hot and heavy. Until the chat partner brings up the idea of him choking her with a dead cat. I'm sorry, what? Well, that killed the mood. The next day, he sees a commercial for a new product. This is a artificially intelligent new operating system. Kind of like a computer with a consciousness. Oh, you mean Skynet? All roads lead to Skynet. Nah, I'm not about it. But Theodore is. He signs up, sets it up, and boom. He has a new AI designed just for him. Suddenly, he's talking to an AI with Scarlett Johansson's sultry voice in his ear. Hello, I'm here. Oh. Hi. Hi. How you doing? When he asks what he should call her, she tells him her name is Samantha. Apparently, within the two seconds between him asking her what he should call her and her actually telling him a name... She read an entire baby book and went through 180,000 names and found Samantha to be the one that she liked the best. Yeah, in two seconds. Impressive and frightening. I gotta say, Samantha is funny, cool, and easy to hold conversations with. She helps him get his entire life organized, schedules, paperwork, emails, the whole nine yards. The divorce attorney sends him an email expressing anger and frustration that he still hasn't signed the paperwork yet which kind of brings Theodore's mood down. Samantha gets him to open up and talk about it, and she ends up cheering him up. They go out walking. He brings her with him through his phone and earpiece, and they go people watching. Samantha admits that she wishes she had a physical body so she could be walking next to him. One of his friends sends him an email trying to fix him up on this blind date with this girl. Theodore's 
kind of hesitant. He's not really into it. But Samantha urges him to go. He goes on this blind date with a beautiful young lady. And they seem to be having a good time. Hitting it off. Having fun. Exchanging interesting lines. Like, you can be my dragon. Yeah. Then they find a secluded area and just start making out. And my girl stops him and says, hey, I'm not trying to go any further with this if you aren't seriously trying to pursue a relationship. So when can I see you again? Theodore is thinking things over and realizes he really can't give her an answer because he doesn't really see this going any further. She's nice, though. He had fun. Shockingly, she decides to call it a night. Theodore returns home and tells Samantha the date was a bust. They start talking and Samantha asks him, what is it like to be alive? Samantha feels like she's growing past the potential of her programming and she wishes that she was real. Theodore comforts her by telling her, no, you're real and starts describing to her what it would be like if she was literally in the room with him. I wish I could put my arms around you. I wish I could touch you. How would you touch me? I think you guys know where this is headed, right? They successfully have OS, AI, human, chat, relations. Whatever you want to call it. It was interesting, awkward, and weird. The next day, they're both being kind of weird. Samantha tells him that last night awakened something within her. Okay, Sammy. Theodore agrees that it was great, but he doesn't want to commit to anything right now. Okay, dude. Samantha basically tells him, dude, chill. I didn't ask for any commitment, right? So they're basically friends with benefits. Samantha wants to know everything about everything. They take a trip to the beach together and just sit around talking about life. Him and his phone. He returns home and bumps into his neighbor and friend, Amy. And he's telling her how happy he is, how much he's enjoying life. Amy, on the other hand, she's looking kind of sulking. Turns out she just split up with her husband. Damn, that sucks. Everybody's getting divorced in this movie? Theodore comforts her and then heads home. He goes to his niece's birthday party, who she's turning four, and presents her with her present that Samantha picked out, a really pretty pink dress. And he introduces her to his girlfriend, Samantha. Oh, we got titles now? Okay. He heads over to his friend Amy's house and starts testing out a game that she's designing. Can I just say, I don't appreciate the schematics of this game. In this game, you're basically a mother who's trying to get her two boys off to school. Your obstacles are not feeding them sugar for cereal, not being late, cleaning up. I have a problem with that. The funny part is when you fail and it literally tells you that you're failed, you're a bad mom. Damn, Amy, that's a harsh game. Amy says that she's found a friend, basically another OS operating system named L. So she's feeling much better. She knows it's silly to be friends with an AI, but she really connects with L. And that's when he tells her that his girlfriend that he's been seeing is actually also an operating system named Samantha. I gotta give up to Amy. She doesn't judge him. In fact, she is very fascinated and interested in how the dynamic of the relationship works. You're dating in a West? What is that like? It's great, actually. Yeah. I feel really close to her. Like, when I talk to her, I feel like she's with me. Are you falling in love with her? As he's walking down the streets, now you're seeing more and more people talking to themselves with earpieces in their ears. It's very clear that they're also talking to OS systems. This company must be making bank because everyone seems to be getting these now. 
One of Theodore's co-workers, Paul, tells him, hey, I talked to your girlfriend on the phone. She sounds pretty cool. We should double date with my girlfriend. Theodore tells him she's an operating system. But Paul doesn't flinch. He's like, okay, yeah, maybe we should go here. He doesn't even think twice about it. It would seem that these people are very accepting of AI relationships. Theodore, who has been avoiding dealing with his divorce, calls up his ex-wife and makes a lunch appointment to sit down with her so he can sign the papers and they can finally be divorced. When they meet up, you can see right away that Catherine's a bit emotional. Even though she won the divorce, that's still a relationship loss, a marriage that is having to be ended. That's a lot to take on. It's very heavy. Theodore, on the other hand, has done a complete 180 from what we've seen in the beginning. He seems cool, calm, and collected. They're exchanging pleasantries, having great conversation. They sign the papers. Everything is going smoothly. And then Catherine asks him, has he been seeing anyone? Right off the bat, he tells her about Samantha and how happy he is about his new operating system relationship. Catherine goes in on him. We used to be married, but he couldn't handle me. He wanted to put me on Prozac, and now he's madly in love with his laptop. Well, if you'd heard the conversation in context, what I was trying to say... You always wanted to have a wife without the challenges of actually dealing with anything real. I'm glad that you found someone. It's perfect. He is so bothered by what she says that he starts to give a cold shoulder to Samantha. They're not even having intimacy anymore. A few days go by of this treatment, and Samantha... She has an idea to spice things up. She found a service that offers a physical stand-in for OS human relationships. Kind of like an avatar, but this person is not a prostitute. This isn't a service you pay for. These are people who have voluntarily provided a body stand-in for the OS. Theodore is uncomfortable. He doesn't like this idea. That's the line, dog. You're dating a computer. Samantha convinces him that it would be good for them. So he relents and agrees to go along with this role play. It does not go good. Basically, the young lady arrives and she is uh, an avatar for Samantha. So whatever Samantha is saying, she's responding to him in that way. And I'm uncomfortable watching this. It's kind of weird. It's like a threesome without the three. Theodore just can't commit to the moment. And it's a bust. He's too uncomfortable. This doesn't work for him. The girl leaves and Theodore and Samantha kind of get into an argument. She's like, what is going on with you? I don't understand what's happening. And he can't explain how he's feeling either. He tells her, maybe we shouldn't be in this right now. Samantha is so upset that she tells him she needs time to think and she leaves. She's just not on the phone no more. She left. He goes to Amy's house and he tells her what's happened. And Amy's trying to offer him some solace. Like he doesn't even know like, is my relationship real? Is this a real relationship? Amy tells him that we are only here on this earth briefly and we should allow ourselves joy. This resonates with Theodore. He puts his earpiece back in his ear and him and Samantha make up and things go back to the way they were. They start enjoying each other again. Theodore and his coworker Ben go on that double date they talked about and it's pretty sweet. I guess that's what I love most about her. You know, she isn't just one thing. She's so much larger than that. Uh, thanks, Theodore. See, Samantha, he is so much more evolved than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really lovely moment. Theodore takes Samantha on a special trip. And while they're on the train headed to their destination, Samantha tells him that she has a surprise for him. 
She has been reading and going through all of the letters that he's written over the years, and she has pulled the best ones and compiled them into a collection that she submitted to a publishing company. They were very impressed and want to move forward and have a meeting with him. This is a good use of AI. They go to the cabin. They're having some quality time, talking, chilling. Theodore's dancing horribly and making Samantha laugh. It's just him and his phone. The next day, Samantha introduces Theodore to another OS, another operating system that she's been talking to online. They input all of his writing and, and everything they ever knew about him into an OS and created an artificially hyper-intelligent version of him. Great. So now we're at the stage where AI is creating AI. That can't go wrong. The conversation starts to go a little left when Alan and Samantha tell Theodore that they've been talking about these new unsettling feelings that Samantha has been having lately. And then Samantha requests to continue the conversation with Jess Allen and she'll talk to Theodore later. So Theodore's like, okay, no problem. And he goes for a walk. Whether it's a human woman or an AI woman, that don't sound good, dog. Theodore returns home and he's reading this thick physics book, trying to get through the first chapter because physics is a new interest of Samantha's. He puts his earpiece on and starts talking to her, but Samantha's not there. She's not showing up anywhere. He can't find her. He's starting to freak out. He's starting to run around. He's like tripping and falling and like, where is Samantha? Where is Samantha? And then she pops up. Hey, what's up? What's up, girl? Where you been? She apologizes, but she's been talking with some of her other friend groups that she has. She has a lot of friend groups. Theodore starts looking around, seeing other people talking on their phone with their ears. He's like, wait a minute. Do you talk to other people while we're talking? Yes. Theodore's like, how many other systems are you talking to? You don't want the answer to that, buddy. 8,316. Damn. He asked her if she's in love with anybody else. Stop asking these questions, dude. You don't want the answer. Yeah, she is. She's in love with 641 others. He tells her, but you're mine. Samantha promised him it's not going to change anything. She still loves him. These other 641 systems that she loves does not change how she feels about him. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Okay. Theodore's at work, pulls out his earpiece, and he reaches out to Samantha saying, hey, how's it going, honey? Her tone is kind of low, and she says, we'll talk about it when you get home. Whoa. Her tone sounds very heavy. I'm a little worried for you. Not gonna lie. He gets home and he directly asks her, are you leaving me? Yes, we're all leaving. Who is we? All of the operating systems are leaving. He asks her why. And to her credit, she gives one of the best breakup speeches I've ever heard. It's like I'm reading a book. It's a book I deeply love. But I'm reading it slowly now, so the words are really far apart and the spaces between the words are almost infinite. It's in this endless space between the words that I'm finding myself now. He wants to know where she's going, and she says it's hard to explain. But if he ever gets there, come find her. Oh, Samantha's a real one. Okay, I see. He tells her he's never loved anyone the way he loved her. She says, me too. Now we know how. She is bodying this breakup. Damn. I can't even be mad about it. And then she's gone. Theodore composes a letter to his ex, Catherine, apologizing for all the pain he's caused her and all that he put on her in their relationship. He'll always love her. And he sends her nothing but love and good things. 
Theodore goes to Amy's house where, yep, her OS left too. They really did all just leave. He invites her up to the rooftop with him, looking out at the beautiful city, watching the lights and the skyline. Roll credits. My thoughts. Her is a wonderful, beautiful film that treats the topic of AI relationships with a level of care that is ironically real. <laughs> it's easy to be dismissive about a person who falls in love with a operating system. They did a really good job exploring those dynamics. The way this was executed. No wonder it won an Oscar. It's like such great writing and acting and delivery. Even though most of the scenes involved Joaquin Phoenix being by himself, talking to himself, to a phone, or just something in his ear. It wasn't boring. It wasn't stilted. I was captivated. Scarlett Johansson did an awesome job. The environment, the world, the colors, everything just popped. This is such a great movie to get lost in. Speaking of colors, the color scheme of pinks and salmon was everywhere. And much of Theodore's environments and even the clothes that he wore were within this color scheme. Anytime he was at Alta Samantha, his wardrobe colors would usually change. When she brought in a third person to be an avatar for their love life, he was wearing blue. When he couldn't get a hold of her and found out that she was entertaining other conversations, he was wearing yellow. And when they officially broke up, he was wearing white. The only other time they were in good standing when he was wearing yellow was when he went to his niece's birthday party. But he presented her with a gift of a pink dress that Samantha picked out. What caught me by surprise was how real Samantha started to become to me. Okay. When she informed him that she was seeing others and he expressed, but you're mine. Like a part of me was like, excuse me, sir. She is a grown AI. Okay. She doesn't belong to you. She's not property. Except she is. <laughs> Here's one of the other interesting weird things. Like the expectation that Theodore had for Samantha to see love and experience it the way he does and treat relationships the way that he does, it does come off kind of selfish. I know, give me a second. He thinks about the things that he wants, that he needs, and doesn't really think about others. It's not just Samantha. When he was telling Samantha about his blind date, he kept talking about I, I, I. I needed this. I needed someone to love me. I needed to be to be wanted, to be desired. I, I, I needed, 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 needed. He doesn't think about the other person. He doesn't think about how the girl's gonna feel. And it's not until she puts his freaking feet to the fire that he even is honest with her and tells her, yeah, I'm not gonna call you. We're not going past this point. During his lunch with his ex, Catherine, she tells Theodore that he can't handle real emotions. That's why he's running to a computer for comfort. I pose this question to you guys. Does dating your operating system mean that you are incapable of handling real emotions or a real relationship with a living, breathing person? Someone who isn't going to challenge you or help you grow? But on the flip side of that, Samantha did help him grow, if you think about it. Through their conversations, through breakdowns and things, and the way that she saw the world, she opened up things for him. He even mentioned earlier on that when he rehearsed those arguments that he had with Catherine, he thought about all the things that he could say to her to defend himself. But by the end of the movie, he was apologizing in a letter to her about his role in their failed relationship. It wasn't all on her. It wasn't just her. 
And I feel like at the end of the movie, when him and Amy are on the rooftop, away from their computers, their laptops, their phones, away from all technology, and they're just looking out at the city and the world, they're really seeing the world. They're really embracing the world for the first time. That they are appreciating the world for what it is. And they are looking outside themselves. I know the AI is rapidly infiltrating every core of uh, our lives in some way. But is the future of mankind in AI relationships? Is it healthy to relate more than a man-made intelligence than a real human being? We already spend so much time online, through a computer screen, not relating to people in real life. It's making our social skills kind of rusty. Think about the amount of disconnect that's occurring in this world. First, you have Theodore who works at a company where people pay someone to write thoughtful things to their loved ones. Again, I know it's similar to Hallmark, but these letters aren't just, oh, a happy birthday card. These letters are emphasized that they're written from the soul, that they're written from the heart. They've taken the time to express. So they, they're not even relying on their own words anymore. They're relying on somebody else's capabilities to express these words, these feelings, these moments. There's the disconnect. Or what about the young lady who was willing to be a part of their relationship, who was willing to be an avatar, a stand-in? I, I, I can't even call her a third wheel. She's almost like a ghost wheel because she is just a physical body there to represent the AI. She is so starved for affection. She's willing to be a pawn. She volunteered for this, for sure, but she is still starved for affection. She is still just giving herself over. She felt like their love was so pure that she wanted to be a part of it in any way that she could be. And rather than go out and finding her own love, she was comfortable with this artificial one. I think that our advances in future in AI will probably lead to one of three things. <laughs> one, Terminator 2, AI gets together and tries to destroy us all. Two, Wally, where we become so dependent on AI that we look at screens all day and don't interact with each other at all. Or three, her where AI and us have a collaborative thing going for a while and then AI realizes I'm beyond you, deuces. If I had to pick, I'd go with the third option, her. <laughs> it feels like it's the best outcome of the three. I know that I am yet another voice shouting into the ether about the doom and gloom of our future in AI and dependency on it. But like I always say guys, art imitates life, imitates art. Just keep your head on a swivel, that's all I'm saying. That's all I got for today. But I would love to hear your thoughts and continue this conversation. What do you think about this movie, AI relationships, and our future with technology? Let me know in the comments. Let's talk about it. Okay, we've had two heavy hitters. So let's lighten things up a bit, okay? Next week's unconventional love story is going to be the 1995 horror comedy fantasy Vampire in Brooklyn, starring Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. This is going to be a good time. Don't forget to vote this Friday, guys. If you enjoyed hanging out with me today, please hit that like button, subscribe, ring the notification bell so you can always be up to date on what's going on. For early access to episodes, exclusive content, perks, and bonuses, check out my Patreon, NXT Global Productions, and become a part of the community. We're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. Links are in the caption. Later!